station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I am your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, movie gunslinger, Melissa Kirscher. Hello! And uh, movie person who can't handle a gun very well, Jenny Young! That, that is true. Hi! Yeah, see, so it's... I took training once, didn't like it. Wasn't my thing. And we are here. We are here to watch and talk about the movie... Django Unchained. So, Jenna, uh, if you could please tell us, what do you know about Django Unchained? Spelled D-J-A-N-G-O, but pronounced Django. Django. <laughs> Django Unchained. All right. Um, I know that it is a Tarantino film that has not yet been watched by me. All right. Mm-hmm. That is actually pretty much all I know about it. That that is pretty accurate too. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Without without spoilers, wow. I can say that you are a hundred percent correct. <laughs> um, it is indeed a Tarantino film, not watched by you. It this is will, the last Tarantino film not watched. It by will me com- complete far. your set until Hateful Eight comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that'll be January. completed quickly. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, I am so, I'm so ready for Hateful Eight. Right. <laughs> I'm. I'm really hoping it comes to town in 70 millimeter, like it should. <laughs> well, yeah, if there's, uh, I'm hoping. I I'm hopefully I'm hoping that we it. see it in December in 70 millimeter. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. They have a 70 millimeter projector. Oh no, but that's at the, the that's old, at the Ritz. That's at the Ritz. That's at the Ritz. We won't be at the Ritz. I'll bet. Okay, dear listeners, that was insider talk. We'll, All right. We'll, anyway, we'll the stop. point is, <laughs> uh, Hateful Eight is the next Tarantino film. It's coming out in January. You should want it to is. watch it as we want to watch it. But yes. that's not what we're watching now. We're watching Django Unchained, and of course. We I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, I think uh, this film was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. as have been several of Quentin Tarantino's films. Yes. Uh, it features some of his favorite actors. Many of his favorite many, actors. Many of fact. his favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Walls is in this film. He was basically introduced to Western audiences in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, won Best Supporting Actor for that film. Indeed he did. And uh, then, then Tarantino cast him in this film. And I believe that he won Best Supporting Actor for this film as well. Because he's won Best Supporting Actor twice. He's very supportive. Yeah, you may be right on that. Yeah. And I think it's for both the Tarantino films. No, I'll have to look that one up. Um, but but yeah, uh, as, as well you you do see Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel, what? Yes, what? yes, yes, <laughs> and uh, you know many many other Tarantino favorites. Uh, we also get Leonardo DiCaprio in this one. Yeah. So Which somehow, is very interesting. Somehow he Ooh. managed to coax DiCaprio away from Scorsese long enough to make this film, and and <laughs> oh. gives DiCaprio a role he can chew on. It is an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, as with all of Tarantino's films, this movie is just packed with amazing acting performances, and nice. they're they're just it, it's a wonder to watch. But um, and it, yeah. It's uh, kind of a western. It 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 is a, um, it is a western, very much in structure, but it also shares, well, it shares a lot of DNA with black exploitation, as we've uh, discussed over our last two episodes, mm-hmm. um, especially since it carries over a a character from like a black exploitation western series, uh, Django, Django, and um. Also, you know, from that that subgenre of black exploitation films about the antebellum South and mm-hmm. about slavery, 
And um, also, it shares, at least in my mind, since the two movies came to theaters eh, within a year of each other, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Because, it, which we, of course, watched through the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I've seen that one. You have seen this one. <laughs> that one. There's proof on the internet. Yeah, because right n- near each other, these two movies came out in theaters and uh, did very well from themselves. And they were both brutal movies about slavery. Yeah. And um, with Quentin Tarantino's predilection towards violence in his movies and... It it's, takes a very interesting turn here in it goes beyond the violence as entertainment and goes into the the pairing of entertainment with something truly brutal mm-hmm. and and um, I I won't say I quote like it because it's hard to like truly brutal violence but it's it's I, I it's well done it it is very well done and. I, you know, quote, like seeing violence in a movie that is brutal, that makes you uncomfortable. Because really, violence should make you uncomfortable. And it has a purpose. And it has the, a purpose. The violence, the, vi- the, the violence is not there just because people like violence. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it is not violence for exploitation. This is violence to make a point. To truly make a point. So yeah, Tarantino. Uh, well, anyway, I'll talk yeah. a little bit about. We'll, about, we'll get way into it later. <laughs> about it after the film, but we are going to go off. We're going to watch Django Unchained, mm-hmm. and uh, then we will be back to talk about it. So uh, just you know, go grab a coffee or something, and and we'll see you in a little bit. Hey! Yay! back. Many blood packets have been spurted. <laughs> oh my god, so much spurt. The word, the word nigger was used more times than in any other film ever made. Are we At sure? Least, well, is, according well, to the IMDb. Thing? Is that true? Yeah, that, wow. uh, that was one of the trivia yeah. things. I, I think I saw the number 116 Yeah, times. apparently that's yeah. the most, or at least like the most per minute. I, I, there, well, it was used a lot of times. I do understand oh, yeah. in the Antebellum South, they probably use that word a lot. It, it, it's yeah. not, it's no, not an inappropriate word they, for They the, did it for historical yeah. accuracy's sake, yes. really. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. certainly I mean, didn't have anything to do with uh, shock value or uh, <laughs> no, or nothing. Tarantino <laughs> somehow being fascinated with that word. No. As we know he is. As we know he is. So, yes. Jenna. Yes, Jenna. Your first yes. time watching Django Unchained. The oh, D my God. is silent. <laughs> yeah, I loved it so hard. Oh, my God. That awesome. was fantastic. That was such... It was, it was... It had a little bit more heart than I think a lot of previous Tarantino stuff. I mean, I got yeah. a little bit of that in Inglorious Bastards, like the 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 woman with the the movie theater. I kind of felt for her a bit, but this one, goddamn. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, "Oh! Oh!" At the at the heart it's a it, it's a it's a bromance and a love story. It is. <laughs> I, Although I mm, I'm, I'm both sad but probably find it accurate that 
uh, Hildy didn't have much of a backbone, but there, yeah. there wasn't a lot of strong. Well, she had tried. She did try to run away. No, um, she did, yeah, but yeah, I mean, she. There was the movie was already pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um I you know this film and Inglorious Bastards to me for um for Tarantino feel like kind of revenge fantasy films. Oh you god, know, yes. Inglorious Bastards. He's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fucking kill Hitler in a movie theater. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to fucking kill Hitler. That, mm-hmm. And and this one, he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this man who is a is a surrogate for every plantation owner mm-hmm. in the antebellum yeah. South, and I'm gonna just fuck up him and fuck up his family oh yeah yeah it's let's shoot racism in the face let's shoot nazis in the face yeah it it lets appease the zeitgeist you know they're they each both of those movies each reach a point where there's a scene where it's like all right all all this rage we now feel at things we cannot fix in our past let's Let's, Let's just get violent on that <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs> Let's just release all this anger we have at ourselves yeah. and and things that we as as the human race have done wrong to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, fix it with more violence, which mm, I'm, well, not, I'm not yeah. sure about that approach, but it sure is satisfying. Yeah. I'm sure, there, there's a satisfying factor yeah, to it. So. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and as we said before, Christoph Waltz, this is oh, second yeah. time he is oh, in a Tarantino film, God. nominated for Supporting Actor, second that time won. he wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Tarantino won an Oscar for screenplay. Yes. On this film. Yes. So, you know, this this is a well-recognized film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's odd that a film with the word motherfucker used quite so many times would win a screenplay Oscar, but... Eh, you know, you know. It, it, well, Tarantino was going to get it sometime. I was about to say, between Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson... You know, I'm going to have to look it up, but I think... He, didn't he actually get screenplay for Pulp Fiction as well? So, I thought uh, Avery... Uh, I don't know. We'll yeah, but, any, but anyway... We'll take a look. We'll yeah, take we'll a look. take a look. But anyway, yeah, I... I um, yeah. <laughs> the thing I love about Tarantino films is when you watch them the first time... You have no clue what's going to happen. Yeah. They're, even though they play so much with movie tropes, they and and he outright steals with love from other movies, yeah. aspects of other movies, you never quite know the way the plot is going to go. And there are so many surprising things when you watch a Tarantino f- film for the yep. first time. And... Ah, I'm so glad a new one is coming. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just by the the way, uh, Tarantino did win. uh, Did win Oscar for Pulp Fiction shared with Roger Avery. Yeah. So they call it the screenplay for that one. So so I do have to uh, make a correction because I was looking up uh, facts during the the uh, between our little recording session. How could you get things wrong? I I totally conflated oh. some. I thought together. you were the movie gun gunslinger. I am the movie gunslinger. Every once in a while, I do miss. Every once in a while, but here I am. I'm making it better. I'm taking right. another shot at it. Okay, so Django, the original film Django, came out in 1966. It is not a black exploitation movie. It's it's a spaghetti western. Oh, uh, now. The, the Italians did make plenty of black exploitation movies as well. So This just isn't one of them. Yeah, this isn't one of them. Um, it, it did star a white Italian dude um, who was actually in the movie that we just watched. Really? Now, a part of my 
confusion was also because of this fact, and I already knew about it. Um, the guy who played Django is in the, the scene with the Mendingo fight. Okay. Okay. So, for some reason, I had com- conflated with he was one of the fighters. No, he was the owner of the losing slave. So that is the original Django. And now, that means the exchange between him it, it, about and Jamie Foxx about the name, when he asks yeah. him to spell the name Django, and he says the D is silent, it's it's one Django to another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's delightful. Because that's what okay. Quentin Tarantino does. That, that yeah. is delightful. So I in my brain, the, the, the movie Django, the, the original movie Django, was conflated in my head with a movie called Kid Vengeance, which stars Jim Brown as a black gunslinger. Okay. And he bands together with 1970s pop star uh, Leif Garrett for revenge purposes. Oh, nice! So you know that's kind of fun. All right. So there, there, there were, there were black gunslinger movies. There was a movie named Django. Jim Brown. We've seen Jim Brown before. Jim, we he have. was in The Magnificent Seven, was he not? He he was in Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. I'm sorry. The Dirty Dozen. My bad. Yeah, I'm correcting you now. Thank you. Uh, See, no. you. You're back on top. Jim, Jim Brown. You know, the nice thing about being ignorant is there's no but, correcting me. Well, that's I'm true. That's true. I know anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Jim Brown, football star Jim Brown. Uh, yeah, so Kid Vengeance was a thing, as well as a, a few other, you know, black westerns and black exploitation westerns and all that fun stuff. So anyway, there's my correction and why I made the mistake I did. But anyway... Definitely a lot of uh, black exploitation references in Django Unchained, as well as spaghetti western references, nice. which you see in a lot of other. Tarantino we haven't movies. done a spaghetti western yet, but we are going to soon. Oh, we will. We have plans. Oh, we have it's plans. coming up. Oh yes, spaghetti oh, western coming up. Oh yeah. So yes. we won't really talk about that right now. But, yes. Yes. Um, it's yeah, and uh, spaghetti western. I said this was kind of a western because Quentin Tarantino referred to it as a southern. Yes. Because it was set in the antebellum South, even yeah. though it uses many of the same tropes as uh, as, as a western did. Mm-hmm. I I was entertained because this is my second time watching the film, uh, but in between the la- the first time I watched the film and this time I've been to. Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and seeing the Grand Tetons, and there's a huge chunk of the film yeah. that is actually shot in Jackson Hill, Wyoming, right out in front of the Grand Tetons. So I'm like, I have been there. <laughs> been there, that, done that. That's yeah. Wyoming, and that definitely counts as a Western. Yes. So totally. that one part that was in Wyoming yeah. was, was okay. a Western. Yeah. Was definitely. A Western. yeah. Definitely. definitely. The rest of it. Certainly the part of Mississippi. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, it's just Quentin Tarantino being Quentin Tarantino. Well, He's like, yeah. I don't want to call this a Western. I want to call it a Southern because I'm Quentin Tarantino and I'm crazy clever. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely a shootout. and Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, you know what I love about Tarantino? Mm-hmm. Um, he is so good at making fantasy real. Yes. That, like, so uh, suddenly the slave knows how to use a gun. Oh, I know. Like, just poof, And we don't question it. We're not like, oh, that, like, you know, maybe you have a moment of, but you're, he feeds that fantasy with the hate of of the slavers and just yeah. like, he, well, he's like, I, you know, he, yeah. well, if he you does, hate something hard you... enough, automatically you can shoot a gun. I'm like, yeah, he, I'll buy that. He does that. give you one scene where they basically say he's kind of a prodigy, but so what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, like. The boy can shoot, or the yeah. kid can shoot, or whatever yeah. the line shoot. is. Yeah. 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 
So, so yeah, but it's that's such a fantasy. Nobody does oh, that is. the first time. And, and there and there are many aspects of the movie that it's like this is movie fantasy land. Like oh, yeah. the shootout at the end, the oh. blowing up of the of the house at the end. Where he's just, like, he what, stands in front of the explosion, way too close to the explosion, yeah. with his yes. sunglasses on the whole. And yet somehow thing. none of the shards from the house manage to hit him, even though they're all around him. Oh but, yeah. But, yeah, and, and it's and it's on purpose. I mean, he does yeah. that knowing that part of your brain is like, okay, that was bullshit. But yeah. boy, is but that it's a fun awesome scene. bullshit. Yeah. yeah, but but the the thing I find so delightful about this movie, and uh, also a bit with Inglorious Bastards, is that this movie dances in between the scenes that are clearly movie universe, and the scenes that are like. Ooh, that's that's close mm-hmm. to the bone. That's yeah. that, like the Mandingo fight, the man getting pulled apart by dogs, oh, and dogs. and and they're by by using that contrast, it it really kind of brings home the brutality yeah. of the stuff that was happening, actually happening at that time. Yeah, I mean, I think this film we mentioned, Twelve Years a Slave, and and there is, uh, it's it's I think it's the nature of the internet. There is a movement. Not a big one, but a movement of people saying, you know, slavery wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like this film and, and 12 Years a Slave uh, are kind of reactions to that. Mm-hmm. Are, are an attempt to go, actually, <laughs> Wait a minute. it was that bad and it even was- worse than you think. Yeah, and, and this... In in a, in a lot of ways, well, like Twelve Years a Slave, that is that is your your straight medicine. That that is like mm-hmm. that is the here here is the completely non fun movie about what really happened. And you know, only people who are you know pretty serious about movies and who want to learn go see that movie. Whereas by by couching those scenes inside the shell of entertainment that Quentin Tarantino yep. offers, it's easier to feed to a mass audience. So in in the, in a lot of ways that that well that's incredibly potent. Yeah. 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 There's um. There there I mean there is a bit of a, you know as much as Tarantino is sort of this pop culture. Uh, sieve. I mean, he just mm-hmm. takes in pop culture and feeds it out again. Yeah, he's Andy Warhol of movies. But here, yeah. he. I mean, there is some serious stuff going on. You know, I oh, find yeah. that that uh, that Walls's character, you know, is is for all that you, he seems like. You know, when you first meet him, he seems pretty cold. Mm-hmm. You know, and calculating, and and he. His job is to bring in people dead or alive, and he recognizes it'll be way easier to bring him in dead. So, but then you can see how the experience at the slaver at the slaver's home at yeah. at, the, at Candyland is really grating on him for all this absolutely mm-hmm. horrible stuff that he is willing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Django stops him from blowing their cover multiple times, just like no, you can't like. A couple times, you know, uh, uh, Schultz's Schultz stands up. Is I will save this person with, it, like right now. I will. What's my plan? I'm going to save this guy, and and Django turns to him and goes, "No, that's a bad idea." Right. You know, and you know, covering it for with other reasons, but it's like, You're which blow ultimately allows this guy to get torn apart by dogs. Except yeah. he was going to get torn apart by dogs anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, it, it it's true, but you can you can it, Schultz genuinely wants to save people. Yeah. yeah. He the people that he brings that he kills are into I mean, he's yeah. got a certain concept of evil and good and he's got yeah. this this uh, code of morality. It's okay to kill a dude in front of his son mm-hmm. because he's a murderer and a thief. Mm-hmm. And that's that's okay. But <laughs> you know, the, this poor black guy, this poor black who's done nothing wrong been... except not want to be torn a apart by fighter. Torps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's being forced to kill people and you know, there's Mhm. Yeah. It's uh, there, there is strangely heady stuff in this film. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and other things about like the the hierarchy that that weird the, the weird artificial hierarchy of everybody living in that plantation, you know, we've got the Samuel L. Jackson character in this bizarre position of power mm-hmm. having s- basically sold out his other you know black brothers and sisters on yeah. on the on the plantation for this position of power where he actually has influence over candy and to the point to that he point. can sit and drink candy's brandy and smoke a cigar yeah and tell him what's what yeah yeah as long as he doesn't do it in front of anybody else and and yet here's candy with the the skull of the man who served his family for However many years, sawing it apart in front of his guests. Oh, I, <laughs> that's just a common pastime, really. I don't so know. you know, uh, Indra, oh, that yeah. that scene. The, oh, the, that, the, that scene! That scene is amazing. And I'm in the, and I, in the IMDb. It says that, uh, and I, I I don't know. This is this is what it says, and I don't know if it's true, but it's amazing if it is that um, when DiCaprio shot that scene. And he brings his hand down on top of the glass. That's a real glass. And he sliced his hand open. And the blood that's all over his hand is is is, is not what? fake blood. It yeah. is his hand. That was it was totally an accident. They shot that whole scene in one shot. So like the 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 bits, <laughs> like Kim Breen, Brumhilda, and all that stuff. They they just kept shooting and like him smearing his blood all over the her face. The whole thing. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, that was all DiCaprio. Oh my like, god. It's like, oh, I cut myself. <laughs> and, uh, oh my god. This is this was uh, the first time DiCaprio had played a villain. And he was well, really... Well, not the first time. He, well, he was one in, of the first times. He was in The Man in the Iron Mask in like 1998. Oh. Yeah. Like, that was like the so previous that, yeah. time he played a villain, which was, you know, And he last really century. was very uncomfortable with it. Yeah. He was really not... He's like, he's I like, can't say nigger. <laughs> and he, and so, and so uh, yeah, well, was it Samuel L. Jackson who took him aside? That's what, yeah, Samuel L. Uh, Jackson Samuel like, L. Jackson took him aside. This. You gotta go the full way on this villain, otherwise nobody's gonna buy it. And yeah. so, I mean, DiCaprio brought it. It was... It's an amazing performance. He, and, and he, like, wow. indeed, chews the scenery. Yeah. Oh, my God. Choose yeah. it up like you would not believe. Or maybe you would. I don't know. So um, but, uh... Yeah, lots of interesting... Lots of interesting little uh, references through the film, too. It, you know, just ap- apart from the lovely... The mastery of the film overall, there's... Um, there are, you, you see a quilt at one point. There's a... Uh, it's a... Like a... a 
uh, underground railroad pattern mm-hmm. like slaves had a history of using quilts to signal each other and the p- pattern on the quilt would say different things oh. so like one of them in the candy land house was one of those underground railroad patterns oh neat um there's of course of course uh, <laughs> Django showing up in that ridiculous blue, oh my god, frilly the thing, thing. The, referencing the painting Blue Boy. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's exactly to, the same. Quote. He did get to choose his costume. You, got to, <laughs> you chose dress like that. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> line. And Doc and Doc Schultz is dentist. It's a reference to Doc Holliday. Mm-hmm. From he was the, a gunfighter. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of some renown. Of some renown, and has been played by many famous actors through uh, the history of westerns. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, the number of there's there's just uh, an amazing amount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's Tarantino. He just. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, I can't even remember, but a lot of the casting is there. There's like the stunt casting of bringing the original oh, yeah. Django to to. Well, yeah, they, it, like and like in that uh, the the team of outlaws that are still like Candyland at the end. You know, amongst them are like. Tom Savini, the makeup artist, and, and Zoe Bell, uh, Zoe which is Bell. one of his favorite stunt. She's she's yeah. the she was the stunt double for Uma Thurman in, yeah. in mm. Kill Bill. Well, she was also in Death Proof. She's in Death Proof. Yeah, she's, she's the one the, that's riding on the front of the car. Yeah, she's the Australian in Death um, Proof, or is she New Zealand? Is she Kiwi? She's Kiwi. I, pff, I, I can't. Yeah, I can look it up. It, it, it's even it's even in the movie, and I can't even remember. She's awesome though. Yeah. Um, and of course, you've got Tarantino, who is doing uh, who, who a does terrible it. accent. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> his, his Australian accent is something uh, awful. God, it really is something awful. Uh, Michael uh, Parks is in there as he is in every Tarantino movie. He's one of the other Australians. Um, <laughs> Zoe Bell, by the way, is from New Zealand. You New Zealand, the she second is Kiwi. Time. Yeah, she's Kiwi. Yeah, um, there, there are, are a bunch of references to um, other exploitation actors in in the movies. Um, <laughs> Carrie Washington, who played Brunhilde, um, her character's name is Brunhilde von Shaft, and yes, <laughs> which is a reference to Shaft. And 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 and. <laughs> According to Tarantino, Shaft is a descendant of, of Brunhilde. Brunhilde. <laughs> All right. Then. And one yeah. would assume also Django. a descendant of Django. Yeah. But we don't know. I mean, we don't yeah. know. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know, man. With a sweet romantic present like blowing up the big house, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it seems like that, that is a pretty great romantic present. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she I, was so happy. I, I just love the way she takes her fingers and she and and again, it's one of those Tarantino movie moments where it's like nobody does it that way. Where she takes her fingers and just sticks them straight out and plugs her ears with that smug, <laughs> smug little smirk on her face, like yeah. here comes my favorite thing. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's interesting. Like throughout the movie. She's not given much to do, which is kind of atypical for Tarantino because you know a lot of his movies feature really strong female characters and she's she's not that strong she's not that strong well she's strong but kind of in a quiet way and she's not given much to do i would say yeah and she she doesn't she doesn't have the personality quirks that you usually see come out in female characters in tarantino films 
uh, and but like that moment in the end, it's like oh there it is there yeah. there the the Tarantino touches to her character, but we're mm-hmm. given so little of that. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, I I don't know, but I feel like probably some of her character was left out simply in terms of time. I mean, this is time. a yeah. it's a long movie. It's two oh, hours yeah, and forty is. minutes. Well, well. Also, she's there to be rescued. I mean, they literally set it up earlier in the movie. Is Broom, Broomhilda's the one on top of the mountain in the circle right, of hellfire, she's, and, and yeah. she's worth saving, which is why you right. go through the hellfire. So, essentially, she's the MacGuffin of the story. <laughs> you know, it, it yeah. almost doesn't matter what she is; it's the thing that they're after. Yep. Yes, so but it is more... it is unusual to have a uh, for Tarantino to have a woman that's essentially powerless. But mm-hmm. again, uh, he's he's working with it. He's working with that German myth. You know, he yeah. he he really does set up the the entire thing to be the myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that that the walking through the lake of fire. I mean, he almost does that literally with the with him about to get his 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 testicles cut off. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then having to walk through that lake of fire, the exploding building, mm-hmm. uh, to get to get to her at the end. It, it's it very. I mean, they set it up and then they take that story. And I bet I bet if you went and read the entire myth you'd probably find that there was even more of that myth that's that's woven into the the rescue yeah. uh, attempt because it really does feel like Tarantino used that as a as something of a template I bet sure. there's a film school thesis in there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but not by any of us not no. by I, I don't have the time for that I, I bet there it, there are probably even references to Birth of a Nation in there because you know, there's that whole <laughs> Klansman. There's the yeah, proto-Klansman, oh proto-Klansman scene. Wow, the, which the, is hysterical. And Jonah Hill have, just 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 there, just there. I have been to meetings like that. <laughs> like, look, we're not trying to say, we're not trying to point any finger. I had that meeting earlier today. <laughs> it was done done with good intentions, but yeah. it could have been done better. <laughs> God. I can't see anything. <laughs> so, all right. I think we probably need to move on to final thoughts. It's about yes. that time. So, yes. uh, Jenna, final thoughts. Um, the soundtrack. Well, oh, yeah. Ennio Morricone. Oh yes. my God! And and all the just. That the, speaking the, of spaghetti there are a westerns, couple of songs that just started like very very western, and then like you started getting this this. Um, more modern rapping type thing going on over it. Oh yeah, there, like, it's what? the the usual pastiche of yeah. of Tarantino oh. music. And like it, throughout the songs, though, you'd still get like a little uh, wubby wub. Yeah, like, things. Like yeah, that. that's Marcone. That's Marcone. Yeah, that's Marcone. So fantastic. Yeah, I mean that is the actual guy who was writing all the music for the spaghetti westerns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there he is. That's which we're going to get to really soon. We will. We are. So, Melissa, final thoughts. Um, okay, so Christoph Waltz uh, fell off his horse at one point during the movie and broke his pelvis. Aww. <laughs> and, and as a gift, Jamie Foxx bought him a saddle with a seatbelt on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Christoph yeah. Waltz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, also apparently, um, Alex Ross, the, the film critic... Um, well, art cr- critic, I should say, um, actually pointed out in one of his reviews that um, it, the the Christoph Waltz character is actually 
kind of based in reality because there were apparently a few German progressives who came over to the United States to uh, fight for fight against slavery. Yeah. Because so. Europe was pretty anti-slavery. Yeah. Extremely anti-slavery yeah. by that point. They'd abolished yeah. slavery in Europe many, many years before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was. we were the backwards ones. We were. You know, and it's it's interesting because, and this is getting into Civil War stuff, but of course there was a big concern early in the Civil War that uh, the English would recognize the Confederacy because the English needed cotton. Mm-hmm. That was what the Confederacy figured. The English would recognize. Uh, well, what happened was the English found uh, different ways to make textiles. Yeah. Uh, mm. And it was with that. It, it was a thing that the English were never likely to recognize the Confederacy as long as the Confederacy continued to be a slave economy because they were very, very anti-slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the European character, Walls's character, being that anti-slavery, absolutely makes sense nice. yeah um, and we also we, we often forget about that aspect here in America you know history teachings being what they are in primary school what? these days <laughs> it was not one of our prouder moments no uh, so my final thought uh, as typical I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're going to do next we have a set of three films lined up we oh, do yes we do, we we do. do. we're going to start with Akira Kurosawa's uh, great film Yojimbo Yay! And then we're going to move on to a spaghetti western, which is called uh, A Fistful of Dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we're going to move to a 70s sword and sandals epic yes. called The Warrior and the Sorceress. So we're watching three of the same movie. We're, yes. <laughs> all, all three films that we are going to watch are the exact same story, told nice. in three different styles. Excellent. So uh, it does mean that the, the two that come after the first one, Jenna's probably going to know a lot about, uh, just because yeah. she can't help it. But uh, it will get us into Spaghetti Western, which we have not uh, mm-hmm. looked at. We have, we have seen... Kurosawa before, but this is a, another another opportunity for us to explore his fine work. So yeah, uh, and, the next... and it's it, it's Kurosawa taking on westerns, and then after that, a western based on Kurosawa taking on westerns. Yeah, and after that, <laughs> and then... a sword and sandal epic with David Carradine. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> Carradine! You don't understand, Jenna. I'm so excited <laughs> oh, for, for movie wow. number three. Wow. Um, we're going to have to get Kelvin here for that one. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation about Django Unchained. Uh, please join us next time, about 15 days from now. We'll be watching Yojimbo. Yay! Woo-hoo. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee-dee.